So, Lord Jesus, we pray that that would be so, that we would have a hope that overflows, that it would be by the power of your Spirit that we live. And, Lord, right now we ask that you would just focus on our hearts and our minds, that your word and your truth and your love would drop right in, and we would become more and more the people that you designed and desire us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So it was on the first Sunday of Advent when Scott Dudley was preaching and he was beginning that sermon series on gifts that we're in right now and he invited us to consider what gift God wanted to give each of us. Am I doing something wrong? I just got, had just gotten back from into town after an extended study leave and pastors in our church and many churches get this blessing of this special time away and extended study leave every five years. It's a time for in-depth study to benefit the church, and my husband and teenage son were planning on turning our living room into a man cave for football fans anyway, so it was a great time for me to go out of town. (laughs) Thanks to a family member who works for the airlines, I was soon flying standby into the adventure of a lifetime. Where would you go if you could go anywhere in the world? Think about it. Okay, turn to somebody next to you and tell them, where would you go if you could go anywhere in the world? Okay, how many Hawaii's do we have? Just wondering. Okay, Machu Picchu. Mexico. Excellent. Wow, London, anybody? That was on my list. New York twice, Chicago, San Diego. It was awesome. One of my husband's Facebook posts was, Only my wife would fly to Australia to go to church. It's true. Worshiping at Hillsong Church was one of my top priorities. Why? Because I thought I could experience and learn things there that would help us here. Hillsong is devoted to equipping kingdom-minded leaders, well-known for building community and having spirit-filled worship. Hillsong became my church home away from home. I worshiped with Hillsong communities in Sydney, New York, and London. Stepping into this time set apart, some pastors I know have grown a beard. I didn't have that option. So I went in to have my hair braided, free from blow drying for eight weeks. And I came out with an identity shift. Something shifted in my spirit as well during this time away. Jesus gave me the gift of peace. Peace or shalom was the Jewish way of greeting or departing, like hello and goodbye combined, kind of like aloha, but even better. It means may things go well with you in every way. In our scripture out of John 14, about two-thirds of the way through John's gospel, Jesus is leaving the disciples, and he gives them peace as a parting gift, a unique gift, not as the world gives. As good as it is to have political or financial peace or a sense of personal well-being, Jesus, the one who was about to be betrayed, arrested, and put to death on a cross, says, my peace I give you. What kind of peace is this? It's the peace of being in relationship with God the Father and carrying out his purposes in the world. That's the peace Jesus had And that's the peace he wants to give us. So turn to someone and say, Jesus wants to give you peace. You can do it. Maybe two people. Jesus wants to give you peace. 
Church, very good. Okay, when I was worshiping at Hillsong, let me tell you, they do this a lot. Many times during a sermon. Just kind of check in with everybody. Are you getting it? There are times when I do have a sense that Jesus' peace is miraculously present, calming my fears. When I was going through six weeks of daily radiation treatment for cancer, little things would mean so much. The gift of a friend to drive me there, a breathtaking photo of God's creation on the treatment room wall. These were reminders that God was with me, even in that life-threatening time. Sometimes in a crisis, there's a quick flash of comfort from God, like lighting a match in the dark. These big fears of life and death, of being abandoned, of life going completely sideways, were the kinds of troubles that the first followers of Jesus faced. How do we have peace in challenging circumstances? Biblical scholar Dale Bruner puts it this way, Set your troubled hearts at rest. Do not be a frightened people. Like a football referee, the Holy Spirit can keep our game on track, throwing a yellow flag on our fears. We can choose to let peace rule. But how? Acknowledging the fears. They're real. Understand them. Okay, I'm afraid. What am I afraid of? Do I not measure up? Am I worried about life after death? Am I worried about being in relationships, being unloved? Just say it. Be honest about what you're afraid of. And then replace that with the truth. You are a beloved child of God no matter what. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There's a young family in our church who recently lost their newborn son, Noah. They are choosing to focus on the impact of hope his life might make on the world. They're inviting friends, and now us, because I'm telling you the story, to participate in something called 13 Days of Rainbows, because Noah only lived 13 days. They feared getting lost in their grief, but now have a sense of hope that God can offer a blessing through Noah. Each day, participants are invited to notice someone that they could bless with an act of kindness. Maybe it's a neighbor or a friend or someone at school or work, or maybe it's a complete stranger. They are trusting, and we can too, that Jesus wants to bring peace and hope and love and joy into all circumstances. In fact, this sense of peace that passes understanding is so important to Jesus that after his death and resurrection, he appears to his first followers, and guess what he gives them? Peace. Check this out at the end of John's Gospel, chapter 20. When the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them. He evidently did not come through the door. He just appeared. It's kind of scary in itself. And Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus' peace calms our fears and guides our hearts. So that's what happened to me during my time away. 
Something shifted in me. I began to trust Jesus more, to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide me, to trust God for more than just glimpses. How did Jesus bring this peace into my life through the trip? I'll tell you, honestly, it was an immersion in all the things that preachers tell you to do. Worship, spiritual direction, time with Christian friends, pondering scripture. I walked with the scripture. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. While I was looking at this two million year old little tool that was used to make sure you got all the good stuff out of meat, and it got me thinking, two million years, human beings, wow. Like how, wow, that's really a long time. And aren't we glad we live at a time when we can freely hear about God and about Jesus? Aren't we glad we have this good news? So I was thinking in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then the message says, and the Word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood and moved into my neighborhood, into each one of us as a dwelling place. These were the kinds of things I pondered, as well as great art, I heard speakers, I read books, I went on long walks, I went for long times of prayer. I did, yes, devotional reading, a very good idea. But beyond all of that, something changed in my heart, and I found myself trusting the Holy Spirit in a new way. I felt literally inspired. Traveling with Jesus as my companion, I even prayed about where to sit in worship. Maybe some of you do that, especially you in the front row. We're so glad you do. At Hillsong Church in London, God placed me in the front of the balcony, where I was joined by a single mom from Ethiopia. She asked if I could come to dinner the next evening. Should I spend a night in London with this woman I had just met and her four- and seven-year-old sons? I only had a couple days in London. You know, there's a lot of shows. The shops are open until 11. <laughs> Christmas shopping still hasn't been completed. But I chose to trust the nudge that this dinner invitation was what God wanted me to do. And I planned my day accordingly, which took some effort. I took a subway to the far outskirts of London, where my new friend met me, thankfully, because I was a stranger in a strange land out there. And she took me on the next two legs of the journey by bus and then a long, brisk walk to her apartment where we ate spaghetti, and I learned that her boys couldn't remember ever having a guest for dinner. Bedtime came, and I sang the boys a blessing I used to sing my kids when they were young. We returned to the table, and my friend told me about growing up in Ethiopia, about the challenges and failure of her arranged marriage about her small group from church, about the effort it took her to graduate from nursing school, and the only framed thing on her wall was that diploma, and hopes that God will provide for her to buy a new home. I had hoped to be a blessing to her and her family, but instead, they provided me with a far greater gift than I could have ever imagined or orchestrated on my own. It happened when she turned to me when we were sort of, I was thinking we were saying goodbye. And she said, could I pray for you? Sure. We, get, we began to pray together in a way I think is pretty rare. She prayed for me. She prayed for you. 
the congregation that I serve. She prayed for the world that we would receive God's Holy Spirit. And as we continued to pray together, it was a moment of spiritual unity, of God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I absolutely believe that I was exactly where God wanted me that day in the balcony and that night in her home. It was a gift of peace, a moment of pure God-given joy. I've heard it said that peace is joy resting and joy is peace dancing. In the midst of this season, whether you are facing a frenzied schedule or you are full of fear or both, I want to leave you with this blessing from Romans. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Please pray with me. Mighty God, I thank you for this community gathered. I thank you that you desire that we would belong to you, that we would be filled up by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, that we would be a people who know Jesus' peace in all circumstances. Lord God, I thank you that you have promised that in the Holy Spirit we have the wonderful counselor. We have an advocate. We have a true friend that stands at our side. We have a companion who never leaves. Lord God, I thank you that you are indeed the Prince of Peace. So come, Lord Jesus, for we need you. We need your light to shine in the dark places of our lives. And Lord, we ask that we might be a light to the world. In Jesus' name, amen.